I'm going to read from Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would bring your word uh, to us tonight by your Holy Spirit, that you would encourage us as we look towards 2024, as we look uh, towards you. I pray that we would fix our eyes on you and uh, put our trust in you and delight in you. And uh, Father, that you would show us more of that tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Trees planted by streams of water. When you, um, it's the same here when the, the, the freshest trees, or there's some quite good ones out there, but the freshest trees, the most great big ones, are alongside the river, aren't they? And they're strong and uh, they do well. And their, tree, their, their, their roots go down deep into the life-giving water. So blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. By the way, you, you, you get these three things here. You get walking, standing, sitting. Right? He does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. So he's walking. He's listening to the counsel of the wicked. He's listening to what the wicked say. Or stand. He slows down a bit. He stops in the way of sinners. He listens to the counsel of the wicked and he starts doing what sinners do. Or sit in the seat of mockers. Do you know that sinners, people who live in sin, become mockers? Mockers of what? Or mockers of God. They ridicule the things of God. They sit there in their deck chairs or whatever and they mock uh, all that is good. But this man who is blessed, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on God's law, he meditates day and night. He can't get enough of God's law. He loves God's law. That's interesting, isn't it? Loves God's law? You know God's law, don't you? What's one of God's law? Tell us. What stands out for you? Give us, give us one that you don't do. <laughs> That's easy. Okay, you all break every one of God's laws. We get that. Okay. The thing is, what is wonderful and terrible about God's law, terrible in the sense of terrifying, is to know, um, and I know I I say this often, but I, I do want to explain it again. God's law is not a list of rules he dreamed up thinking this is the best way that they could live or this is to kind of try and control them a bit, people, 
or maybe even to give him a hard time. God's law doesn't come from somewhere where he just thought it up. His law comes from his very character. Okay? So if you were to uh, say one of the laws is uh, you shall not bear false testimony, you, you shall not lie, that is because God is the God of truth. Yep. And if you were to say you should not covet, that is because God is the God who is completely satisfied in himself. He doesn't need anything more. He is completely happy and joyful in his own being all the time. That's God, right? Or if, uh, uh, what, I don't, what's the other one? I forget it. Thou shalt not. <laughs> Murder. Murder. Right. The positive side of that is God created life, didn't he? And he honours the life he created and he loves uh, the life that he lives. And if you said, do not commit adultery, that would say God is faithful. In other words, be faithful as God is faithful. So to see that God's law, if you were to obey, obey all of God's law, what would you look like? You would look like Jesus, actually. You would look like God. So it's not just a list of rules that God made. His law is his character. Do you understand that? So that's why a group of people who find it very, very hard to obey God's law could sit here and go, we delight in that law that we don't really obey. We love the law because we love the God that that law describes. His law is good. And we know that as we meditate on God's law day and night, we actually draw in goodness that comes to us really by the Holy Spirit as he teaches us. So his law is wonderful. His law is good in every way. Is that right? Yep. It's interesting that we can love the law that we really struggle with, that we can never achieve. So, not so with the wicked. They're like chaff. That's the stuff that comes out the back of the header that's been through the sugar, sugar, sugar. You know what that is. Uh, and it, it's thrown the bits. You, if you were to go down the paddock and pick all that chaff up and plant it, what would it grow? Nothing. Nothing comes from chaff. It's dead and useless, isn't it? It, 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 has, it has no life and... And everything that is good has been taken out of it. There's no grain in it. Uh, It's empty. And it burns up and the wind blows it away. The wicked will not stand in the judgment or in the day of judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. They cannot stand before God because of their sin. They are judged as guilty. But the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. We'll talk about the way of the righteous in a minute. But the way of the wicked will perish. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Now I'm going to turn, I don't know if you're following along, but I I just want to show where Paul shows this in Romans 7, and I'm going to go to Jeremiah 17. But in Romans 7... Paul has been talking about this law that he cannot obey, that he loves. 
He says in verse 15 of Romans 7, I do not understand what I do. For what I do, I, sorry, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Is that your experience of the law of God? You love the law of God and you don't get it right. I want to do the law of God, but I don't do it. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. I love the law, which I cannot follow through on. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. It's like it's this other being in me, my sinful nature, which is not really me anymore because I'm a new creation. Uh, He's separating it from himself. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature or in my flesh. But I have, for I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who does it, but the sin living in me that does it. So, I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil's right there with me. Is that true? For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. He's saying the same thing as Psalm 1. I love God's law. I just fail to do it. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. I'll stop there just at the good bit. We will come back to that. But can you see that Christians actually love the law of God that they don't obey? That's our experience of life, isn't it? Okay, I'm going to jump now. I'll jump around a little bit and then we'll hopefully make sense of this at the end. But in Jeremiah 17, verse 5. We're going back to the chaff, by the way, for a minute. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Cursed is the one who trusts in man. What does he trust in in man? What, what do we trust in? The security that man can bring. You know, we can have great security, can't we, in man? That's what, that's what we're taught. Uh, we can have great um, hope in the things of man. Our pleasures and our scheming in the things of man. In money, in our loves. Our idols, that is, in our own glory. Cursed is the one who trusts in man. That's where, we, that's where you'll end up if you trust in the flesh. Who depends on the flesh for his strength. So we trust in man, we depend upon our own strength. We watched an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie last night. He was big and muscly in that. He could have had a lot of confidence. He's 75 now, by the way. Yeah. That's, that's getting old. I, I imagine, not that I've looked, that some of those uh, muscles are sagging somewhat. 
Cursed is the one who depends on their flesh. When we depend upon ourselves, you see, the heart of faith is depending, relying on, trusting in. That's what faith is. Do we put our faith in man and the things of this world? And from those things that turn away from the Lord. He, this is the wicked, will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in the salt land where no one lives. Now, not seeing prosperity mean, might mean this. It might mean he doesn't understand what true prosperity is. He looks for the prosperity of this world and doesn't see the blessing of the riches that come through Jesus Christ. He sees uh, a different sort of prosperity which is empty and useless. Or it could, see, could mean when the day of the Lord comes, when heaven is revealed, he won't be there. He's not going to make it there. But verse 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Not trust in man. Whose confidence is in him. His hope is in the Lord, isn't it? He will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. So blessed is the one who trusts in God. It doesn't say it's, a, it's the same story, but it's not delighting in the law of God. It's just plain trusting in God, in the ways of God, in the things of God. Blessed is that man. Then it says this, the, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Don't try and understand your own heart. If you were to try and plumb the depths of your sinfulness to get to the bottom of it, maybe try and psychoanalyse and work out why you do things, you're actually not going to get to the bottom of it because sin is deceitful. In other words, even what you find will be lies about what you find because the one looking into it is deceived by sin. That's you. It's a never-ending cycle of getting nowhere to try and understand sin and the sinful heart. It is beyond cure. It's beyond fixing by the power of man. We can do nothing about it. So if saying, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, then the human heart's deceitful above all things, will be on cure, we can't even understand it. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. Again, we're in a position where we're not doing so well. Can you see what I'm saying? Who will rescue me from this body of death? O wretched man that I am. That's where Paul finished up in Romans 7. And then he says this. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he goes on and says, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, see what he's done. I delight in the law of God. I never do the law of God. I stuff it up every time, right? So I'm in this horrible place where I can't do and live the way I want to live. I keep trusting in man as such. 
who can rescue me from this body of death because I'm a wretched man? And then he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How about that? Can you see the answer? Is not in anything he can do, achieve. He is not going to go out and say, right, I'm going to obey the Lord. I'm going to obey the law. I'm going to delight in his law and I'm going to make sure I do it. Actually, I've got my A4 page and I'm going to write down a list of ways to help me to obey the law. I'm going to go through each law that I'm stuffing up on and I'm going to say, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll do this. The human heart is deceitful and beyond cure. But when he goes, I have nothing except Jesus Christ, then there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because they now walk by the Spirit. So as people who look to 2024 and we want to be men and women who delight in the law of God and who trust in the law, don't we? How are we going to be the people who do that? Through faith in Jesus Christ. And what else? Nothing. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Do you understand? That, that is all we have. Because he alone forgives us of our sins. He alone makes us righteous. Now, I said I'd come back to the righteous. He said, blessed are those who are righteous. What does it mean to be righteous? Well, quite simply, if obeying all of the law of God made us like Christ, we would be righteous people. How could you be righteous? By being exactly like Christ and never failing in any of the laws of God. What Paul says in Romans 3, verse 20, he says, Therefore, oh no, I'll just go back to verse 19, sorry. He says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. In other words, if God were to stand before us on Judgment Day, for instance, which he will, and say, who's obeyed my law? Put up your hand. No one's going to go, pick me. I did it. There's no one there. Do you understand? Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. The law kills us as such. But now... It's a good but, that one. That's a, that's a, we've reached the bottom. We're going up. But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, that's apart from us obeying the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify, this righteousness comes from God through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. How about that? How do we get this righteousness that puts us in complete accordance with the law that we delight on, that we meditate on, that we love, through faith in Jesus Christ? Is there any other ways? No. There is only one way to be saved, which is through Jesus Christ, because in him, when we live by faith, God sees us through his son. Here is God in his holiness looking and he sees us hidden behind Christ. So he sees us as justified 
as righteous. There's no difference for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. To fall short of the glory of God is to fall short of the glory of, the, of, the, of his wonderful character, of his perfection. We fall short of his glory, but we are justified, and the word justified, in, if I was to have my translation of the Bible, it would have the word righteousified, because that's actually what it is. It's the same word, justified and righteous, the same word in Greek. So, and we are righteousified freely by his grace. Oh, sorry, we could say made righteous just if you're a school teacher. We are made righteous freely by his gift through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. It came to us from Jesus Christ by what he did, which is what we couldn't do. God presented him, as the NIV says, a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. But the, uh, the Greek word there is the word that we, we translate as propitiation. And it's been at least two, three weeks since I've explained propitiation, so I really need to do that again. But what is propitiation? Propitiation is God's anger against sin. God's righteous anger. If he is perfect and he created each one of us to live in accordance with his character and we have all turned against that character, God is rightly angry with us. Is that right? And so to picture this is that all of God's anger for our sin is coming towards us and it will completely destroy us and send us to hell eternally. That wrath is coming towards us and Jesus steps in the way on the cross and bears the wrath of God against our sin and he bears it till it's gone. Fully. He is fully punished for our sin once and for all so that if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation made righteous by the gift of God that should make us a bit happy so all of a sudden we become those who delight in the law that through Christ we're actually adherents to we're given the obedience of Christ even though day by day we get it wrong So if 2024 was going to be a good year, it would be a year where we delight in the law of the Lord, where we trust in the Lord, where we are like trees planted by the river and our roots go down deep into the things of God. But it's not just deep into his law, it's deep into Jesus Christ. As we fix our eyes on him, as we run towards him, we have everything. I want to finish by the last chapter of the Bible, which is uh, Revelation 22, verse 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So here is this water of life. It's as clear as crystal. This is picture language. You've got to get it going in your mind. And where is this river of life coming from? The throne of God and the Lamb. That's Jesus, the one who died in our place, who took our sins. Down the middle of the great street of the city. This is the city of God. 
the place where God lives with his people. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. You know what the tree of life is, don't you? Well, when they, there was two trees in the garden, wasn't there? The tree of knowledge of good and evil, you're not allowed to eat from that one. The tree of life, they were allowed to eat from that one. But when they were evicted from the garden because of their sin, they lost contact with the tree of life. But here, on both sides of the river, is the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. In other words, you're never kind of going to go to the tree of life and go, oh, there's no fruit on there at the moment. It's like that fig tree that Jesus cursed. Not that one. Every time you go there, you're going to find the fruit that brings life and that brings healing to the nations. In other words... That tree draws people back together. Reconciliation to God, reconciliation to one another. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. We will see the face of the Lord. Do you know that no one can look upon the Lord with any sin and live? And we will look upon the face of the Lord because we have no sin because of the Lamb of God who's taken away our sins. There will be no more light, uh, sorry, no more night. They will not need the light or a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord will give them their light and they will reign forever and ever. We will have access to the river of life forever and the tree of life because of what Jesus has done for us. And you know what? We will delight in the character and the, the law of God forever. We will love it and we will live in accordance with it. Heaven is going to be so good. But the best part of it is, as you said there, he will be there. And we will see him and we will know him and we will be able to live in this perfect relationship of love, which we don't really understand because at the moment everything's clouded by sin. But nothing will cloud our relationship with him eternally there because of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for your law or we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your character and just the wonderfulness of your nature. You alone are God. And you are above all. And Father, when we look towards you, we see that we have fallen very short of your glory. And we have nowhere to turn. We have no righteousness of our own to draw on. We don't seem to be able to obey your law. So with Paul, we say thanks be to God for Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you've done for us to bring your salvation. Thank you that you have taken our sin, that Jesus has borne them on the cross once and for all, and that you have given us a gift of righteousness apart from the law. And thank you that because of all that, we can live such blessed lives that we can delight in you that we can know you and live in the glorious light of being the children that are yours. 
We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.